This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for our 150th episode of our Arsenal transfer show. Joining you as per at 8am UK time. Good morning to everybody. Apologies that it can't be in better circumstances after what was, of course, a really disappointing result uh, in the FA Cup yesterday. We take the positives um, that hopefully this result can spark uh, the team into action in terms of the transfer market in regards to knowing what's needed to be done and that we no longer have that competition uh, as a distraction in the most respectful way possible um, as we try and chase a top four place this season. So the way I'm trying to compartmentalise it, if you want to know what my thoughts of the game were, then go and check out my video that I did yesterday because... Uh, it's all there and I'm going to be live talking about it a bit more this morning at 9.30am over on the Arsenal Way as well, which you can, of course, as always, check out with the link in the description. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Stevie, Matt G, Robert, Paul, Brad. Good morning to all of you guys. Adam, Colin, Femi, uh, uh, Panarasta. Good morning to Bruce, Ritian, Russell. Let's scroll down a bit more. Who are we missing out on? Uh, Powell, Carl, we've got uh, Henrik joining us. We've got Nikolai. We've got Mr. Harrison Carnaby. On Twitch, we've got Red Hood Raheel joining us as well. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on Twitch. Uh, Red Hood Raheel, on your own, <laughs> maybe in the Twitch chat. But uh, thank you as well. We do stream on these shows on Twitch. If you prefer to use that platform as well. So do give us a follow over there. Uh, Chilongu says, good morning from Zambia. Good morning uh, to Tommy. Good morning to Ray. Good morning to Dave. Good morning to everybody uh, joining us as per in the chat. So many of you as always. And again, welcome to the 150th. And there's just over 150 of you watching at the moment. So please do go and give a big press on that like button and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, we've got Yuno Tatake in the chat box as well, or you need to take, maybe it's that, uh, on Twitch as well. 
A few people joining on Twitch. Nice to see. Fantastic stuff. Um, let's, however, crack on with the first story of the day, which is, of course, Mikel Arteta reacting in the wake of yesterday's results when asked about the need to strengthen in the market. He says, I want to try and get the best out of the players that we have. It's clear where we need to strengthen, but at the moment, it's what we have and what we have has to play. And this is obviously a very politically correct Arteta transfer answer, if you like. Uh, certainly a player um, that we need is in midfield. That is very, very clear. And I think he knows that from what it's saying. It's clear where we need to strengthen. We also need to strengthen up top. We know all of these things. Arteta is is well aware of that. He's not going to come out after the game and says, yes, we're going to sign this player and that player. That's just not going to happen. Um, but he's reacting to it. He's very, he's very clearly aware of what's going on. Uh, and a report that came out this morning on the Express also claimed that Edu is planning on reacting to this result and that the expectation is they're going to be reacting to the clear absence of depth in the midfield that is going to cost them if they don't bring players in. Now, the interesting thing is Arsenal only have two Premier League games before uh, between now and I think the end of the African Cup of Nations, or at least until those players will finish their time. Uh, we've got, because of the not being in the FA Cup fourth round, it does mean that we should have most of the players who went to the AFCON back for the Wolves game on the 10th of February, which means only Spurs and Burnley will be the only games missed by Partey and Pepe and Abamyang and Elneny. We will have players available um, after those two, but they're two important games. And we've got the League Cup semi-final games as well this month. So, there isn't really too many excuses. We need to make sure that we've got depth and we've let Maitland-Niles leave and that's really costing us at the moment. Let's uh, move on to the first transfer story. And we brought you the news yesterday that both AC Milan and Sampdoria are interested in Pablo Marie. This is now growing. Villarreal are also said to be interested in a move for the Spanish defender. Didn't play yesterday, uh, despite obviously Gabriel, who is considered the player ahead of him, being out. Rob Holding came into the lineup. Marie sat on the bench and uh, he's a player that we know will probably be leaving Arsenal in the very near future. If Arsenal can make any money from the sale, that would be very preferable and it might even give Arsenal a little bit more metal in this market to make a move for a player either in the midfield or even in the striking position, depending on how much money we get for some of the players leaving. But Marie also now linked to a move to Villarreal in regards to his possible Arsenal exit, as well as Sampdoria and Milan. Kalasnach, meanwhile, according to L'Equipe, despite coming on as a substitute yesterday, is in discussions with Marseille about a possible move. This news broke a couple of weeks ago, but has then resurfaced kind of doubling down on this news. Kalasnach has just six months left on his contract. Marseille will be looking to try and take advantage of that fact and get a very good deal for the club. However, it still might take Arsenal subsidising uh, his wages until the end of the season. His £100,000 per week wages are a very big problem for Arsenal because no club really wants to pay that much for a 20-year-old that is certainly, 28-year-old rather, that is certainly not uh, worth that amount of weekly wages as was shown with his brief cameo yesterday. The other story is Eddie and Ketia. Now, Roy Hodgson has been speaking about uh, Eddie and Ketia. He says he's a player that's been on the radar for a number of years, let alone months, talking about Crystal Palace. 
He's a player who I know everyone at the club admires very much. And I think he's the right type of player that Patrick Vieira might be interested in a forward of his type. Someone who is very quick and makes a lot of runs in behind. They've got very tall centre forwards. They can build play through. I can imagine him being exactly the type of player that Patrick Vieira uh, would like because he'd know a lot about him because I'm sure his contacts at Arsenal are still very good. He'll know a lot about him as a person as well. Um, so Roy Hodgson claiming there that Eddie and Ketia is certainly a player that Crystal Palace would like to sign. We've known for some time that Crystal Palace are one of the clubs, including Brighton, West Ham, uh, Bayer Leverkusen and Schalke, that are all interested in Eddie and Ketia. And so therefore it is expected that he might leave this window. However, what I would say is that it will be dependent upon whether or not Arsenal are able to sign a striker. I would be shocked to see them go and after letting go of Ainsley Maitland-Niles and seeing the problem that's caused us if they do end up letting go of Eddie and Ketia before a striker is secured during this window. Um, our next story is on Cedric. Now, the other day we reported that Atletico Madrid were looking at bringing Cedric in on loan. Uh, maybe someone sent them the highlights of his game yesterday because that interest is waning. And instead, Atletico Madrid are now looking at Daniel Vass, the Denmark international. Uh, and that's frustrating because it would have offered a, an out for Cedric. It would have offered us an escape from his contract and maybe even uh, a small fee attached to an obligation to buy plus the loan that would have been to the end of the season. That doesn't look like it's going to be happening now with Atletico Madrid switching their targets. And to be honest, you can't really blame them because he's just not that good. So I know we've had a few discussions about this in the chat box and people thinking I'm harsh on Cedric, but yesterday's result didn't go any way to proving me wrong. So uh, <laughs> let's just say and leave that there. Um, moving on to our first kind of possible in story and only a couple, as I said yesterday, the day after a game tends to be very, very quiet in terms of transfer news. And that is certainly the case for today's news. Aaron Ramsey, though, according to Rudy Galetti, uh, is, uh, who's an Italian outlet and Italian journalist, claims that Arsenal are amongst a number of teams that are interested in bringing Aaron Ramsey to the club. However, what I would say is when we spoke to Ben Jacobs in the show a couple of days ago, talking about all of Arsenal's transfer news, Aaron Ramsey is not on Arsenal's radar. Aaron Ramsey is not a player that Arsenal were looking to sign at this moment in time. That report from Italy is wide of the mark. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just wrong. <laughs> it's just not true. Arsenal have not got an interest in bringing Aaron Ramsey to the club. So uh, don't worry about seeing those stories crop up on your timelines. Anyway, we move. Why is Vlaovic covering that part of his? <laughs> That's really strange. I've got a glitch on my PowerPoint. Let's see if I can move that down. I can indeed. Um, Vlaovic is, of course, a player that we know has been linked with the club for some time. And it's kind of the main story along the lines at the club right now. He, however, unfortunately, and you're not going to like this, um, reported as of 90 min, claimed that Tottenham Hotspur's Antonio Conte is a manager that he very much wants to play for and that they will look to try and take advantage of that. I have my doubts over the report by uh, 90 min. I'm still waiting for a report to come from uh, the outlet that you know has, has really come true in this fact. And we've reported on a number of 90 min stories that are yet to. Um, but apparently he's just not going to be rushed into a decision, as we already know this season. Um, but he's a player that is of great quality and that would definitely uh, improve the squads. I can see people in the chat was already saying, I'm sick of Vlaovic. Well, it's just the way the world works in the January window, unfortunately, when there's so few days to get business done and there's a very clear target, you do 
see players being linked with new stories every single day. It is just what happens. It's part of the the chase. It's part of the uh, the rumor mill. It's how it works. At the end of the day, we will know by the end of the window whether or not Arsenal will end up signing him because if they don't sign him in the January window, I just don't think it's a it's, it's going to be feasible in the summer because much bigger teams. I say that with obviously the the rhetoric that Arsenal are of course a big team, but teams that are just able to offer him more guarantees like Champions League football, title challenges, more trophies. Manchester City, Real Madrid are even said to be starting to be interested in him and certainly will be if he goes on to double his goal tally from the first half of the season. It's just the way that it's going to go. Arsenal need to get this deal done this window if they want to get hold of him. That is proving to be very, very difficult. But we will, as always, keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Dusan Vlaovic every single day. Anyway, that does complete all the stories for today. So if you do have any questions you'd like to throw into the chat box, now is your opportunity to do so. So without further ado, let's jump into the Q&A session. Okay, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Um, Marcus says, after yesterday, I fear a quick midfield purchase to plug the gap. Um, maybe even 150 of treats for you, Renato Sanchez. Do you think yesterday will force a quick buy slash loan? I think if the only position it would have accelerated would be the midfield for obvious reasons. Patino and Lokonga both looked off the pace. Uh, as you'd expect, they've had very young players playing against experienced championship players. I think that it's a position that we've seen a number of targets linked to. I'm looking at bringing you a tactical breakdown on Artur uh, in the very, very near future. Uh, Danilo, I am holding off on a little bit. One, because of uh, not being able to get hold of a, a Brazilian expert uh, specifically. Uh, that works in in the footballing field, um, and two because I'm able to get hold of an Italian expert for for our tour quite quickly. And actually, those links to Danilo, whilst there were reports saying we'd made a bid for Danilo, as far as we're aware, that's not happened. Arsenal have an interest in the player, but no official bid has yet been made for him. So we are looking at our tour. Fabrizio Romano tweeting, of course, yesterday that Arsenal were linked and considering a loan move for the Brazilian midfielder. So there will be a tactical breakdown on him coming out, fingers crossed for you this evening or this afternoon. So make sure you're subscribed with those notifications turned on so you can tune in for that. But I don't think it will accelerate plans so much so we'd sign someone within the next three days before Liverpool. I'd be shocked if we managed to do that. It could happen before the Spurs game. I still think it would take uh, it would need to take us to move quite a few things quite hastily in order to get that done. Um, Unit to take uh, says from Twitch. Come on, uh, come the summer. It looks like it could be our biggest window yet. Ins and outs. Are you worried this much change could destabilize the work already done by Edu and Arteta? No, I'm not because I think that we've experienced under both of those that there's been big change throughout their tenure. And we're seeing progression slowly. So I don't think it would destabilise things whatsoever. I think they're reacting and dealing with new signings coming in very, very well. Matt G says, why do so many teams go into games against Arsenal with a we can get something from this game mentality? Because we don't have that fear factor as we're used to. Saying that, I think the last five games besides Forest have certainly showed that we can go and play against teams like West Ham and Manchester City without an element of fear if we've got our first team available. What I think, Matt, from yesterday is that Nottingham Forest saw a team that was weak. They saw a lot of kids that were inexperienced in the Premier League and especially in the physicality of English football. 
And I think that certainly played a part in the game. They were up for it. It was a cup game, a lower league opposition in the championship that's always going to be up for trying to fight. They've beaten us before at the City ground too. I don't think it's a game of we can get something from this. I think that Arsenal have to put themselves into a position where they no longer have that. And you only do that by getting to the level of your Chelsea's and your City's and your Liverpool's when they're at full strength. So I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world right now because contextually, we're just not of the level of Man City and Liverpool and Chelsea right now. But we could be if we make some good moves in the market and continue to improve and get some very good results. Tom says, how stupid is it to let Mainsley leave before the end of January, before a replacement has been secured with AFCON and COVID depleting our squad for key games? Why would anyone allow that? Tom, I talked about this a bit yesterday. I don't think it's, as I think some will describe it as criminal. I don't think it's criminal because of the context of the actual move itself and that Ainsley Maitland-Niles really pushing for it and Roma really pushing for it. What I would say, though, is that you can't say it's not an error. It's definitely an error for Arsenal not to have at least held off until this weekend to see him used in this game, especially when Granit Xhaka's uh, positive COVID result came back and the fact he's not trained for a few days. They should have held off. When I spoke to Chris Wheatley on the Arsenal Ways press box show a couple, I think it was just a week ago, even asking him about Maitland-Niles, he said that he wouldn't have expected him to leave until after the club made a replacement signing. So it goes to show you how surprising it was that Arsenal decided to let him go without first bringing in a replacement. It's strange. And it's not something that a lot of people expected the club to do. And they've paid for it with an FA Cup place. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But fingers crossed we can find a replacement very quickly. Venkatesh says, do you think we should push for Vijnaldum on loan? If we aren't signing Bruno, then clearly we can't risk on getting players other than him because of the experience factor itself. Top four is a must. Look, if we sign Vijnaldum on loan, I'd be very happy with that. He's a very solid player, very good player that can certainly come into the team and, and you know, effectively provide quality to the side. I would be absolutely fine if we were to go and do that. Uh, why was Tavares taken off since Andreas? Because he was bad. It's as simple as that, really. I talk a lot about that in yesterday's reaction show, so do go give that a watch. Shale says, hi, Tom. Um, Shale say, uh, says, hi, Tom. Think we'll prioritise a centre midfielder over a centre forward based on yesterday and Xhaka. Also, given how personnel sensitive our tactics are, is it safer to go for a Davids, Laka S than a Vlaovic? If you want to go get David, Jonathan David, you have to wait to the summer. Jonathan David isn't moving in January. That's pretty much 99% assured he will not go anywhere in the winter window. So if you want to get a striker in this window, that's why you move for a Vlaovic. If you want to move for a Jonathan David, then you're going to have to sit on what you've got until the summer. What I would say is that, do you think we'll need to prioritise centre midfield? I think we do in a sense that we are very lacking. However, our greatest kind of uh, miss at the moment, I think, in regards to the whole squad, is at striker. So I think the biggest priority is striker, but because of how short we are, because of the AFCON and because of COVID, it becomes central midfield. But actually, overall, it still remains that striker is the most important. Dave said, with yesterday's performance being so abject, surely that was an instruction from the coach. Our form has been so good recently. That's the only explanation. Um I don't agree that it was an instruction to be so abject, but I'm sure that's not what you mean, Dave. Um, I think that yesterday's performance was so heavily affected by huge changes and the huge drop-off in quality from what we've had in the team to what was in the team. That That's all I can put it down to, is that we were seriously lacking in quality 
And, you know, there was even maybe a little bit of arrogance about Arsenal's play yesterday that they just weren't on it and they thought they were going to cruise to a win against Forest, against a very up-for-it, motivated Forest. I don't think it was an instruction from the coach. I don't, I don't put that game down to bad coaching. I put that game down to bad team construction over the last five to six years. It's allowed us to be in a position where we had to sign six players in the summer of 2021. We look like we've got to sign two more players in January. That's not Arteta's fault. That's the previous recruitment regimes leaving us in a position of real kind of, I mean, saying that Edu and Arteta did sign Marie and, you know, and Cedric and Willian and David Luiz. So, you know, let's be fair. There is a portion of blame that goes towards them for that. But also you have to look back beyond that. And there are lots of players that are playing that, that are in the squads that really should have been moved on because they aren't good enough to get us to where we need to go. And, uh, and they were in the team yesterday. Um, let's go to John, who says, was I the only one who was infuriated? Not so much by the loss. That was bad. But at the sluggish play, back passing and standing on the ball in the 89th minute, where was the urgency? I think they were lacking leadership. They were lacking instruction, lacking. I don't think Rob Holding is an Arsenal captain um, <clears throat> any longer. I thought there was a chance maybe, I mean, a while ago. But I think he's proven in all of his performances as captain that he just kind of lacks that real kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? The guile, I suppose, about his, his mentality and his attitude. He lacks that kind of cutthroat mentality that comes sometimes Xhaka can bring and other players like Tinney can bring. Holding is not a, a demanding leader of his team. I don't get that sense. And that's why you saw so much standing around on the pitch, unfortunately. Uh, Joel, again, I've said this a number of times, but Genduzi cannot be recalled from line. Uh, runs with cows and simple what went wrong. Uh, poor squad depth. Uh, expectation that Forest were going to be easier than they were. And a lack of leadership on the fields, I think, is is what we were lacking, to be honest. Uh, Hussein Alwar's interest, as far as I'm aware, has very much died down. The club have seemingly assessed him to the point where they're just not interested in bringing him in and i don't blame them for that because there are a lot better players out there that will give you a lot more than him uh vishal says i believe in what arteta and edu are are doing especially with how we got Erdegaard from real madrid but we've also had the locatelli episode which side do you think the vlaovic story falls i think they'll really try and get vlaovic i don't think they'll be successful I've gone from the 60% optimism back to about 40 in the last kind of couple of days or so, but it keeps going back and forth. You see the different stories, you hear different things, but I feel like the agent's going to be just too difficult to deal with during this window. Uh, but I just hope we don't lock a telly it and get stuck on this one when we could make a move for someone else. Um, let's scroll down a bit further. Tubigo says, uh, what do you think of Nottingham Forest right back? Spence, I thought he was great, but I think this is certainly, this is certainly something that Arsenal fans do a lot. We play a game, we play against a team in one specific match, one player stands out and all of a sudden we should be looking to sign them. Why don't you, what you should do is if you enjoyed Spence's performance, go back and watch his performances from the whole season. Go and look at his stats and his metrics from this season. Go and watch the next few games for Nottingham Forest and see how he plays. You can't judge a player off one game and say, we should sign that player. It's it's really, uh, it's not well thought out. It's very, very reactionary. I don't like it when we see these types of opinions because, you know, it was one game and he had a very decent game. But if you said, if you saw Nuno Tavares playing against Aston Villa or Lokonga playing against Aston Villa like they did and they were great, you would say, oh, they'd be playing every single week. 
the realistic the, the realism is is that that's not what you get from them every single week and you need to make a judgment on a player after a number of games not just one Vishal says do you think the loss is a blessing in disguise one less club to play for we can concentrate on the top four maybe but I mean we don't have European football so we never had that to worry about and it just means that we're going to get our rearranged fixture probably plonked in that week but Thinking about that, I think all the teams that um, we have postponed fixtures against Wolves, Chelsea and Liverpool, all of them are still in the FA Cup. So we are going to have a weekend off. Their game is going to be moved uh, most likely into that. Although what you could do, I'm trying to look when when that Wolves game would have been. What you could do is you could put one of the rearranged fixtures in the week between Burnley and Wolves. In fact, what you could do is you could put even the Wolves game in there and play Wolves back to back in the midweek between Sunday, uh, the 23rd of Jan, and Saturday, the 5th, you could definitely put uh, a game in there. Uh, Although, is there an international break there? Is that why there's nothing there? Maybe it's that. But, you know, there's time to put the games in, and we'll certainly find them. Alex says, since you've been watching Jonathan David, I was wondering if you spotted Thiago Jallo, the 21-year-old plays at right-back and centre-back. I think he would be a perfect backup for Tommy Asu. What do you think? Uh, when I watch David, I kind of watch him specifically, so I can't really comment on Jallo on his own, and I don't know too much about him, Alex. Sorry, I can't sit here and say he would be a good option for us to sign at this moment. I don't think we need to buy a right-back cover. I think we need to sell Cedric, wait until the end of the season. I think Saliba coming back is a really good option in that right kind of weird centre-back, right-sided centre-back, right-back slash hybrid role that Tommy Asu plays. I think he would work. I think Ben White's good cover there. I think Chambers, if we keep him, is good cover there um because Tommy Asu's proving his fitness is pretty darn good and it's only when he has a couple of tight hamstrings or whatever like he experienced today that we lose him for a game or two so I wouldn't be investing when we need to bring in centre midfielders and strikers but maybe in the summer there'll be an opportunity to Zana says Svanberg and Richie in by Friday afternoon so they can be registered for Spurs I think you are very much on the optimism trail there Zander unfortunately uh, Vero says, thoughts on Ainsley Maitland and Niles starting up right back for Roma against Juve, forces a move and plays in a position he so clearly doesn't want to play. I think now he just realises that if he wants to play, he's going to play where he's asked. It's as simple as that. He's in his mid-20s now. He needs to play where he's told to play. It's as simple as that. Uh, Chilongu says, do you think Patino needs to be thrown back into another game to ensure that the youngster's confidence doesn't go? No, I don't. I think people really overreact regarding confidence of players and how it's reacted to. People overreacted in how Nuno Tavares will respond to being hooked after 30 minutes. He'll be fine. He's a professional footballer. This thing happens. Klopp takes players off before halftime. Mourinho has taken players off before halftime or even when he's subbed a sub. It's not uncommon. Players will return. Those players that were subbed will return, as will Tavares. It's not a problem at all. Byron says, Tom, after Sammy's performance yesterday, do you think he will improve? I'm worried that he is not dynamic enough. Go and watch the game against Aston Villa and then question me if you think that he is, um, <laughs> if you think he's not dynamic enough. Uh, Adam says, Tom, after last night, a Tavares-like backup right-back signing should be a priority. No, I am not convinced the Chambers Cedric to cover for Tommy. I don't think it needs to be, Adam. I think we've got more pressing matters elsewhere. And I think we have players coming back next season that will give us enough cover in those positions. It's very difficult to sign a player when they're going to be back up to someone. Very, very difficult. Jonathan says, afternoon, everyone. Teams meeting minimized. TGT on screen. Had no problem with Tavares being subbed off. My only criticism is that both Holding and Eddie also deserved 
to be taken off. Uh, Unity Take says, anyone from that forest side yesterday impressed you? Spence obviously impressed me. Um, but again, I'm not going to judge players after one game. They need to prove it over a consistent number of fixtures before you any, ever start to think they could be an option for us. Uh, Junior says, holding performance yesterday was an absolute joke. Equally, if not worse than Tavares, how many times can you pass the ball to the opposition? Again, he's not good enough and he does need to be moved on. We need to move on to better players than holding. Uh, Pavithran says, why is the club being reluctant in giving opportunity to defenders from the academy? When was the last time a defender from the academy got into the first team? They can't be far and beyond the current right back. I think that Zach Swanson and Alabiosu, who are two players that have played right back and right wing back for the youth side this season, you know, they are that they are promising, but they are not of the level that they could start as the outright backup, but they could be third or fourth choice. And it would take it to go to third or fourth choice to bring them in. But no, I would say again, go and watch the youth team, go and watch those players before saying, why are we not playing them? People were saying to me yesterday that we should have played even more youth players in the game against Forest before kickoff. And that was proven to be very naive after the final whistle. People really do overrate and underrate certain things and characteristics about teams and players and different divisions and levels and youth sides. It, go and watch things before really jumping on the idea of throwing in kids into games. Because, I mean, Patino is our most exciting, talented youngster, and he was out of his depth yesterday. It does show you the context of what you're up against. People talk about how it's a disgrace that under-21 teams are allowed to play in the EFL trophy or the Papa John's trophy, and it isn't because their level just isn't up to that of those lower league teams, and that's why none of those under-21 sides have yet reached the cup final. Uh, Isowa says, is Arteta a good tactician and not a man manager? Certainly not balanced. Isowa, what I would say is that there are games this season where you've seen us be very, very good tactically. The Man City game, we were very unfortunate not to get anything from that fixture. You look at the five games before that, we've shown some really good, oh, the West Ham game in particular as well. Tactical, tactical in terms of how he decides to change the game, that's always in question. His in-game management is certainly something that is up for debate. Not even up for debate, I don't think. It's very, very critical. I'm very, very critical of his in-game management. But his setup of how we've played against a lot of teams this season has been, has been good in plenty of opportunities. That's why we're fourth in the table right now. But in-game-wise, it's, it's not good enough and we need better. Josh says, if we can't get hold of Bruno Gimaraes, which I don't think you will, do you think... Douglas Louise would be a good alternative. Yes, I do. I think Douglas Louise is a very, very good alternative to Bruno Gimaraes, but I would still try and go for that. So yeah, there you go. Um, Steph says, so Arsenal fans blame the manager, so it's Mikel's fault that our players couldn't complete passes. It's Mikel's fault they weren't up for the game. These squad players just showed that they are not first-team players. Steph, I agree with you in the sense that I didn't blame Arteta for yesterday's performance at all. Um, I didn't blame Arteta in any sense yesterday. I blamed a lack of squad depth. Uh, I blamed the, the performances of players like Cedric and Tavares and Holding and Laconga and Patino. I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to hang some of those players out to dry because I think you have to apply the context that Patino's just coming into the first team after well, it's his first start. Lukonga's coming into the first team for his first start in a very long time, very cold as well. And the players that I think you can criticise, Tavares was very, very bad in the first 30 minutes, giving the ball away eight times, deserves to be substituted. Rob Holding was bad for his age and his experience and his captaincy. Cedric was bad for his experience as well. So. 
The only criticism I really have at Arteta was, again, in-game management and not making the right substitutions at the right times. Could have brought on more, could have really gone for it and didn't. Didn't bring on, didn't take off Nketiah, who was another one who was deserving of quite a bit of criticism as well. Um, Edwin says, morning, Tom. I'm throwing it out there. Surely you don't think Nketiah is up to Prem standard. He has never done it for us, Tom. So frustrating to watch him. No, I think he's... I don't think he's Arsenal standard. I think he's lower end of the Premier League standard or maybe Crystal Palace kind of level standard I don't, or high level championship. I don't think he's Arsenal standard, no. Um, please tell Tavares what, Mohamed? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, let's go to Olajide who says, hello, Tom. Uh, signing players isn't like going to Tesco. It depends on the selling club, even if the buying club has all the money. It's now obvious Xhaka is a very important and a centre midfielder is needed ASAP. Absolutely. And that's why it takes time, as we've been talking about. You're not going to find a player in a couple of days. You're going to find him. You need to scout him. You need to make the decision. You need to agree on personal terms. You need to get an offer accepted by the club. The player then needs to come to the club as well. You need to conduct all the different all the different intricacies of a transfer, they're not done quickly. And when you see like Everton sign Mikalenko on the first day of the January transfer window, they've been working on that deal for ages. It just happened to be that it was done on that day. Arsenal, meanwhile, have been looking at a lot of different players and they're a bit indecisive about who they want to go for, which is a genuine criticism. And they should try to be a little bit more forceful and a little bit more decisive about who they pick. Adam says, Tom isn't playing Saliba and White at right back, putting a square peg in a round hole, even if our right back is special. Unlike what Sky's Caves said about Tommy Asu. Thing is, though, Adam, I would implore you to go and watch Saliba at Marseille before talking about that. White, I thought, can cover right back. He showed that against Norwich. I think he and has done that at Brighton and at Leeds as well. So he's played in that position and I think can cover it more easily than the midfield suggestion for why I don't agree with that one. But the right back position, especially in the Arteta style of role that we have at right back, opens up the possibility for both White and Saliba. But I'd be more leaning towards Saliba next season, being given opportunities to rotate with White and Gabriel and Tommy Asu at right back. So I think he can cover all three of those left centre back, right centre back, right back hybrid position that we use so there you go um mana says hi tom have you seen bruno gamanash assist against phd it was delicious yes i have and uh, i enjoyed it very much franjao all says um i'm done with nketi it works hard but not good enough arteta needs to understand nick again i don't think it's about arteta needing to understand i think he's concerned that if he isn't given that contract we're either going to lose him for a small fee and we're going to be left very short that's kind of why I see him. And I think he looks at him not even as a striker, but as an option that can play across the front three. It's just depth. He is being a bit selfish regarding his career, but sometimes managers need to be selfish to keep the depth and keep their, you know, keep enough quality throughout the, the depth of the squad. But I agree with you. I would move him on and bring someone else in. Seems obvious. That's what we would do or what we should rather do. Um, Brighton says, was Patino played out of position? Not really. He's not specialised yet as a central midfielder. He can play slightly deeper. He can play slightly further forward. He does still need to kind of prove what his best possession, possession, position in the team actually is. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. We've been going for 33 minutes, guys. Uh, that was your 150th Arsenal transfer show. Thank you to the other 600 of you that are tuning in live this morning. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe. We're bringing you a tactical breakdown on our tour very soon. I also want to bring you one on Richie at Empoli too. So make sure you're subscribed. Turn those notifications on to get all that content. 
Um, I'll be live, fingers crossed, also on the Arsenal Way this evening. To, uh, the Arsenal Way, or the Arsenal Lounge this evening. I'll be live on the Arsenal Way in just under an hour's time. So make sure you're subscribed over there. Link in the description. Thank you for tuning in as always, guys, whether it's on Twitch or YouTube. Thank you as per, and I'll see you a little bit later on. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.